Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger from Jay Rieger & Co., joined as always by my wonderful buddy, Matt Basinger of Swell Spark KC. Today, we have an awesome host, but first, our episode today is brought to you by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, a bank whose mission is to empower you to thrive. Today, we have a very special guest. We're going to talk sports with Kathy, Kathy Nelson, excuse me, the easiest name we've had yet, and I just botched it. That's me in a Congratulations. nutshell. Congratulations. Yes, of the Kansas City Sports Commission. Kathy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. This is great. Kathy, it is March of 2021, which is the one-year anniversary of the worst month for everything, um, including the Sports Commission. So one, like, ha- just before you even get into all this stuff, how are you feeling coming into March and coming into spring and excitement and... How are things? Things are good. Things good. are really good. You know, we're ready to tip some Big 12 basketball with fans in the stands where, um, you know, baseball's getting ready to happen with fans in the stands. So for us, it's been a really hectic, busy year, as crazy as that sounds. People go, you work in sports, you must be bored. I'm like, no, everything we do is times 10 yeah. because you have to make so many different plans. But we're feeling great. The weather's nice and we're ready to play some ball. And, and so on that note, the oversimplified question, what do you do? Because um, you're not you're not with the Royals, you're not with the Chiefs, you're not with Sporting, you're not with the Big Twelve Conference, you're with the Kansas City Sports Commission. So, like, yeah. what does that mean for folks who are unfamiliar? So, we are a nonprofit organization based in Kansas City. Here, of course, um, we're the oldest sports commission in the country, fifty five years old this year. What we do is attract sporting events to our city. So, our vision is making a better Kansas City through sports, and we want you to participate, spectate, and celebrate sports. So, we get called on all the time, whether it's planning a Super Bowl parade and a World Series parade, or to bring Big Twelve to Kansas City to negotiate a contract for figure skating, gymnastics. When you think of sports in our city, again, we want you to participate. We have opportunities for you to do that with the events that we own. And then we bring events to town where you get to spectate. So let's talk a little bit about the finances of sports. That's what I really love. Talk to me and just sort of let's give a high level glance at to when you guys are looking at or evaluating bringing something to Kansas City or putting something on. What are sort of the financial metrics that you look at either if it's a parade? Obviously, it's not a make money idea as I have in the business world. I tell my team, (laughs) whenever you present an idea to me, you have to tell me if it's a make money idea or a spend money idea. And if it's a spend money idea, you have to tell me about how that pushes and progresses the brand forward. Sort of talk about your guys ideation and your process when you're looking at something new, an event, bringing a sports event, putting on a parade, whatever that might be. So as a nonprofit and we don't receive public funds, the events that we own is one piece of our business. So just like you, that event needs to make us money, whether it's the Kansas City Marathon, Kansas City Triathlon. And we have all those metrics in place of if you're a sponsor, if you're a runner, what does that look like and how does that feed us? But most people know it's because of Big 12 and other events that we attract. So it takes years to bring an event to our city. And we look at economic impact of our city. We look at hotel rooms, you know, how many nights might they be staying? And then also there's this big financial piece of the puzzle where there's always a guarantee back to the event owner. So when we were attracting figure skating or gymnastics in the last few years, there's a pretty hefty guarantee of could be a million dollars, could be two million. We have to get there through ticket sales, um, through other guarantees that we can bring into our city with sponsors. And, you know, does Power and Light help us chip away at that number? Does the city help offset some of that? And it's just a piece of that puzzle where we can't host those kinds of events all of the time. We really go in and say, okay, you're a level or a tier one event and you're a tier three event. This year, we know financially in 2023, say, is a huge tier one event year for us. We have the NFL draft. 
We have NCAA regionals, men's basketball. We have Big 12. So we know we're not going to be able to bring in a lot of those smaller events where we might not make a lot of money because our focus is on that. So when you say we, how many folks work alongside you? Like, what is the team? Before we started filming, you're like, yeah, I have a call with Switzerland later. Like, (laughs) what is... Who helps you, and and what are the roles that you guys have? I also want to make sure we don't go away from that Switzerland call. I want to know what that was about. (laughs) Fair. Yep. Yep. So we, um, our staff, we have a staff of about 14 Mm full-time staff and focused really an events company, if you think about it. Um, But we focus on our Win for KC programming, which is women and girls in sports. And then we have an events department, and then we have our social media marketing PR department too. Okay. And you said oftentimes the events that you're bringing in, take years and years to promote, to plan. But there's also events like a Super Bowl parade where you don't have years and years to plan. Two, two questions. One, I'd love to just know what that process looks like for a World Series parade or a Super Bowl parade. But also, um, you, have to, you obviously have to start planning before the game happens. Sports are incredibly superstitious. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you balance that line of not tipping your hat of what a parade may or may not? Because you don't want to... I'm convinced that the Chiefs lost because everybody was planning the parade. There it is. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I wasn't. So in 2014, we've I've never planned a parade. You know, this is not my background. Yeah, it's Kansas City sports, right? Right. So 2014, the mayor calls and says, hey, is, if the Royals are playing well, would you plan this parade? And I'm like, I, I really wouldn't have any idea how to do that. And I said, why would you think we would? He goes, well, you plan events. Why wouldn't you plan this? What's the difference? And I didn't have a very fast answer. And he said, we'll help you with it. You know, we'll figure this out. Um, so we planned all through 2014 as they got into the playoffs planning, you know, really kicked into high gear. We could never say the word parade. Baseball is extremely superstitious. So you were actually having the conversations like before the playoffs started. Oh, July. So this, is, this is 2014. She's right, right. Saying. I know. Yeah. 2015. Right. But like, yeah, like mm-hmm. end of season of 14 mm-hmm. when we didn't even know if we'd be in the playoffs. You're already having that conversation. Mm-hmm. September, we were already heavy into meetings every week. Wow. Absolutely. It was the best baseball game I've ever been to in my entire life. Me too. The Oakland A's. <laughs> Oakland A's. The yeah. game. All right. We'll <laughs> talk about that yes. another time. <laughs> that was a great game. So we had planned, 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 and then, of course, they lose um, in 2014. And thank goodness, because we really didn't know exactly what we were doing. I mean, we did, but at the same time, who plans a parade for a million people? We were estimating a quarter of a million people. So we caught, caught, caught our breath. And went back, and I told Josh on my staff, we planned that route for a mile. We didn't really know. We came up out of Sprint Center. We knew we were going to keep the cars in Sprint Center. Um, came up, we're going to turn left on Grand and just go right over to Union Station. And I thought, I wonder what other cities do. So we interviewed other cities and found out all their parade routes were two miles. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we ought to think about that. So February of 2015, we planned the parade route that was going to happen in November. So we planned it, thank goodness, twice as long. Can you imagine? I actually talked to Josh the week of that parade, and he seemed very stressed out. <laughs> Quiet, Josh. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, so talking about, like, the finances as well, again, just we always want to make sure that we are promoting and pushing the, the guests that we are hosting and making sure that their agendas are also, like, met. And sports is a pretty cool agenda, especially for the entire city. It's something that almost everybody can agree on. So it's really easy to understand the smaller type of events. And what, what I mean by that is the your examples, the figure skating or the gymnastics where you guys have a part in it and you are making money, but you're guaranteeing money. And it's just a standard business transaction and you're the intermediary for that. But when it comes to the NFL draft, you guys, it doesn't seem like you can make money on that. When it comes to the <laughs> World Cup coming here, 
you're not making money on that. You know, these are these are events that help progress and yeah. push Kansas City as a whole. So where does that money come from? How yeah. does that happen? Is that corporate? Is that government? It's a mix. Um, it is a huge mix. And I want to back up. Figure skating and gymnastics were national championships, and we broke attendance records. So it's I a was at both ton of, them. of work. Yeah. Thank good. Yeah, my daughter lost her mind, you know, getting good. to see Simone Biles and – yeah, I mean, those types of events take years to bid on, and then it, you know, it's a two- or three-year planning process with all the details. Um, so, yes, we our, our funding comes from, again, events that we own. To bring a draft in, we are going to have to raise about $2 million, and that's from mm. corporate, private you know, donors and sponsors, and then maybe they get a VIP experience, and maybe we take them to Vegas the year before to the draft to get behind the scenes, and then they get to meet and greet when it's in Kansas City. So we raise a lot of money that way, just like for the parades. We raise a ton of money, especially, well, for both of them, you know, smiling and dialing, getting into it, saying we need 200000 from you, we need 100000 from you to make that happen. Those parades were well over $2 million in expenses. Mm. So then just hitting on the NFL draft, just because that's the example you just gave. So first, it sounds like the NFL, though, gives you priority access to things that the general person can't because they know that those carrots are necessary in right. order for the NFL to progress its agenda with drafts and all of that. Is that true? Right, right. And then yeah. so the other side of that is, are those companies that you are calling on or individuals, are they corporate sponsors of the Kansas City Sports Commission? And they give a little bit of money that helps keep the lights on, but then they're the ones that you call every time there's a big event and a big quote opportunity? Or is it just there's a Rolodex and there aren't permanent corporate sponsors? How so does that work? Corporate partners, a, excuse me. I hate the word sponsor. Yeah, partners. That's very true. We have a board of directors of 27, okay. and they all have a financial commitment to the organization, which, like you said, keeps our lights on. But then when big events come in, like Big 12, they get first crack at those tickets. They get first access to could I be a corporate partner of a bigger event like that. They get behind the scenes knowledge and behind the scenes opportunity to, to you know, not only continue to help us, but then to continue to help us go after bigger events. So if a company wants to get involved, mm -hmm. is that something that you say, well, sorry, we sort of have a waiting list to be a corporate partner right now, or we've no. got lower levels that you can just get in the door, yeah. but they're not board seats. So we're not going to ask what a board seat would require in terms of financial commitment. Yes. We have hundreds of corporate partners and they're all levels. I mean, we have someone at $5,000 and we have someone at $100,000. It just depends where their interests are. And a lot of times a company like Garmin's a great example. Um, you know, they, they want their product out there. Well, we have endurance events to get their product mm -hmm. out there. So they come in and financially support what we're doing is a way, again, for us to financially survive, plus to give back to the community and create those events bigger and bigger. I'm asking for a friend, but would you take sponsorship as barrels of whiskey in lieu of money? Is Possibly. that something that could happen? <laughs> just just curious. Um, you sound like you have really good friends. <laughs> I have great friends. Uh, so back, to back up a little bit, I mean, how did you get into this role? Like, were you a first grader, you know, young guy? saying I want to help plan parades and make Kansas City amazing or like how, yeah. do, how do you navigate into this and it feels like not to say it's a strange role but like mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to have your hands in so I mean there are so many sports right and there are so many mm -hmm. things that sports touch on a daily basis so how did you get here well um, I said yes a few times throughout my career path I started my career at Fox 4 in Kansas City. I spent 12 years in television. Um, I went from being a news reporter to a producer to overseeing sales, overseeing um, creative services, and made my way up the career path there and was producing Chiefs preseason games. So my background is television production, all the cameras. Okay. 
totally geeking out on microphone, camera, lighting, all that's my background. And I uh, spent 12 years there, met a few guys that really wanted to start putting local high school sports on television. And they had this idea and they came and, and we had worked in the TV trucks together out in the parking lots for many, many years. And finally they said, you know, have you ever thought about helping us grow a TV station? Like, I, you know, how about we start ground floor and um, we started a company called Metro Sports. So mm. they, I said, my gosh, I'm going to leave broadcast television and Mick say Schaefer. yes. Yes, I hired Mick um, and went to say went to help grow Metro Sports. So I left broadcast, took a pay cut, went to work in cable, and I spent 11 years with Metro mm. Sports and Time Warner Cable. And Kevin Gray, who was my predecessor, called on me, and I had been a donor. I had run the marathon. I'd been involved with all of the activities the sports commission does. And he came in and said, why don't you come work for me? Mm. And I said, no, a couple times. And then finally said, you know, I, I think it's time. So I took another pay cut. My husband stuck <laughs> with me. I went from now cable television into nonprofit. And then he passed away six months after I went to work for him. Uh, quick, he passed it at age 51. Um, muscle cancer, craziest thing ever. And uh, the board of directors came to me after they'd done a national search and said, we think you might be the person to lead the company. Wow. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I only know television. I only know production. I only know sports. This way, not this way. And they said, we'll guide you and mentor you. And I said, yes. And here I am. It's crazy. How do you, how do you balance when you're thinking about I mean, sports are one of those things where it's so easy to talk about and so easy to yeah. interject into every single conversation. And my wife and I really struggle with this when we're friends because all our friends ever want to do when we are with them is they want to talk about Jay Rieger and co. and our company. We feel like we can never get away from it. Sports has to be the exact same way. How do you sort of separate your personal life from your work life? Yeah, um, I tell our staff all the time, I don't think, you know, with our phones, there's any such thing as balance anymore. Mm. But I'm a big believer in integration. So work-life integration at all times. I want my staff to know they can, if they have to leave for a kid's dentist appointment, go do that. Um, and I want them to know their families can come to the Big 12 if we have tickets or whatever that looks like. But I think you're right. I think that a lot of times people go, oh my gosh, you work in sports. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk X's and O's with you. I can, but um, let's talk about how your family's doing. I want to know more about you because that's how those relationships are built. That's how, you know, um, I, I'm name dropping, but Roger Goodell got, have gotten to know him over the past few years. People are like, oh my gosh, tell me about him. Well, that's fine, but I, I want to know about you as well. And then that relationship helps me somewhere else down my career path. Sure. From, a, from a business standpoint, I mean, because Kansas City sports have publicly facing been more successful the last seven or eight years, has that helped you all tremendously? Has that put you in more of a spotlight? Has it made your job harder, easier? Oh my gosh. It is a huge help. When we go after events, we use that parade picture to mm. market our city. You can't buy that kind of marketing. You can't buy that energy. So I was hired into my role in 2011, and I'd like to take credit for all of the successes we'll throughout our should. city. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but I know that's not true. But all of that helps us go after the next big thing. We would not be talking about World Cup right now if people didn't know Kansas City because mm -hmm. of the Royals, because of the Chiefs, because of sporting. We wouldn't have gotten the NFL draft had they not gone, okay, there's Patrick Mahomes now. What's the city doing? Who is that? Yeah, pa so if you yeah. haven't met him. <laughs> he's, a base, he's a baseball player? Baseball Got it, player. sports. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But it absolutely helps, and it helps open the door for us to continue to go after bigger sure. and bigger things. So have you considered, like, 
axe throwing championships yet. Is that <laughs> yeah, on the radar? Because I hear it's huge. It uh, huge. Are we aiming those axes onto whiskey barrels? <laughs> Why not? You know, let's let's, like let's this, is, ready. this yeah. is a great yes. conversation right here. So. Uh, and, and, and in the barrel will also be uh, money. Oh, even there even we go. better from Emprise Bank. <laughs> and I used to barrel race, so see, it all comes full circle yeah. when I competed go. in the rodeo. There we go. So yes. we've kind of alluded to it, but what are some of the big things? Uh, and we have the ones that are cemented, right? Like we have the draft coming. There's some really fun conversation about World Cup, but what are some of the other things maybe that you're allowed to share that like you're really working towards, hoping towards, um, things that you're hoping to bring to Kansas City in the next maybe, you said you're planning three, four, five, six years out. So yes, like what yeah. can we expect in 2027? So 2027, we're actually looking at the Rugby World Championships, okay. which is like the World Cup for rugby. Yeah. Um, so that's an opportunity. That's a huge opportunity. But then between now and then, we have the Division One Women's Volleyball coming back to Kansas mm -hmm. City in 25. We have wrestling coming in 2024. Regionals are coming back in 23. So again, it's that calendar and that long-term, long-range calendar and short-term planning too yeah. of how our events stay successful, but then what are we bidding on? Um, we lose more than we win, just like sure. in sports. Sure. We will bid on dozens of events that we will not be successful on. We've been great at fencing. We've been hosting USA Fencing. We've mm -hmm. been hosting volleyball and wrestling. Um, so there are things that you just don't always hear about because, you know, yeah. people so, love to sport. So I, I, that sort of hits one thing I do want to hit on what is you talked about we lose when we bid. So how much of sports being in cities is purely – Let's use the NCAA because you gave several NCAA-type events. How much of their analysis is the financial compensation package to the NCAA versus the equilibrium of hitting different cities and building up their more or less fan base mm -hmm. by constantly ensuring that they are – having those touch points in as many places as possible? Well, it depends on the sport. If it's a Division II regional, we're hosting Division II regional golf in May here. Um, you know, they want to make sure that someone has a Midwest city, and then it comes mm -hmm. down to financials, golf course, how it all fits. Um, with the div bigger Division One, it is financial-based, part of it. But the other piece is, too, they want to make sure they're going west coast, northwest, northeast, you know, and mm -hmm. making sure they're spreading it out across the board. And, and they want to know that they'll be supported when they're in our city. They want a track record of success. So when we're selling out volleyball and we're selling out things like figure skating and gymnastics, that's a huge piece of the puzzle because they want it to look great on television. And it's that athlete experience. They know when they come to Kansas City, the Sports Commission can take care of the athletes, the fans, and the coaches. We got to wrap up, but uh, we're going long. Love talking to you. I have a question for you. We end almost every show with the question, what is the coolest thing you've done? Now, the caveat is I don't allow folks to talk about family normally. Like you can't say having a kid or getting married. But for you, I'm going to give additional restrictions. You can't talk about sports. What is one of the coolest experiences that you have ever had that is not sports related? It can be with family. Yes. But it has to be an experience, okay. not the family is the experience. Well, pr most recently, a couple years ago, I traveled to Switzerland by myself. Oh, and the phone call. We're, we're <laughs> Actually, it's not connected at all. But uh, I took two weeks and traveled by myself. I'd never, you know, traveled. You know, you get to my age and you're with your spouse, you're with your kids. And I thought, I'm going to do this. I was actually a speaker at the International Olympic Summit. Mm -hmm. So I was going over for business. But I took the week before. I um, hiked by myself. Wow. 
went to the top of um, the tallest uh, European mountain and did some snowshoeing and just did crazy stuff up there that I never would have done before had I not had a door open and, and said yes to an opportunity to go speak. I followed Thomas Bach, who's president of the International Olympic Committee. It was very stressful, so I took two a week before and traveled all throughout Switzerland and then took state a week later by myself. And That's just awesome. that, getting up every day and going, what am I going to do by myself? But then meeting people along the way, I jumped into a 5K run and did some fun, really that, cool different things. That's awesome. Well, Kathy, on, on behalf of Let It Fly Media, Emprise Bank, thank you so much for spending time with us today and for sharing some stories. And we wish you the best of luck with all the fun things that are happening to you and happening to your organization in Kansas City and, and look forward to reading more about you here in the near term. Thank you. Thank you.